6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. So we've been talking about William Shatner's uh, trip to the edge of space today. So probably didn't sleep all that well the night before. Pretty nervous tonight. Either he's going to crash right out because so much adrenaline or he'll still be awake reliving it all. And I'm curious to know what's keeping you up these days my friends 7804960063 and what's your remedy what is it what is your tried and true method when you're having trouble going to sleep is it warm milk is it some exercise what is it? Let me know at 7804960063 and the reason why I'm asking is well Edmonton has just recently been ranked as one of Canada's worst cities for sleep. Um there's a business out of the UK called Mornings. It's a mattress place. Uh, It released a a new report that used data from Twitter gathered in June of this year to see which cities were reporting the most stressful sleep. Who was was awake in the middle night? Who was complaining about it? Well, according to the report, Edmonton placed fifth in the percentage of stressful tweets related to sleep in Canada at 47.11%. Vancouver took top spot, followed by Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa. And okay, well, the mythology might be a little bizarre, but still... I think sleep is an issue for a lot of folks, a lot of folks dealing with it every single night. I can tell you last night after not sleeping all weekend, not sleeping the night before I had to come back to work last night, finally crashed out at nine o'clock and had a great, great sleep. The first one in a very long time and I wish I could just, you know, click my heels, wiggle my nose, fall into bed tonight and it would happen again, but it never does. So let's find out what's going on with sleep in Edmonton and in Alberta and what can be done about it Dr. Jonathan Sheree is the director of Athlete Services Center for uh, no the director of Athlete Services at the Center for Sleep and Human Performance Dr. Sheree welcome to the show well thank you for having me always a pleasure talking about sleep uh, what is going what is going on um, you know is it just you know when I look at my grandson you know, we say, and he's two years old, and I just look at him, okay, you know, it's um, it's, it's, it's sleepy, cozy nene, which means um, sleep in, in Japanese, and he's like, yeah, cozy nene, and he crashes right out. What happens from the time we are two or five or ten to the time when we're 20, 30, 40, and 50, where, where sleep just changes so dramatically? Is it just our brain not turning off? Well, most of it has to do with the brain not turning off exactly. So when you're a two-year-old, what is your biggest concern in life besides sleeping and eating? As we get older, stress is crawling upon us and now more than ever with the pandemic. So based on the, the result of the study you just discussed, most of the tweets were stress-related. So yeah. people not being able to fall asleep, uh, tossing, turning, turning to their phone to actually scroll on social media. I mean, everything that we just mentioned is all stressful. So most of it has to do with racing thoughts and our inability to actually turn our brain off. So how do we turn our brain off, Dr. Sheree? How do we, when we get into bed, say, okay, you know what? I need to put this away because I really need to sleep. Do you have any tips on that? Uh, So basically, a routine is crucial to a good sleep hygiene and good sleep. And when I say routine, 
doesn't necessarily mean having a specific bedtime, but more of a range. So if you aim for a bedtime of 11, just add plus minus 15 minutes on each side and you have now a window of opportunity. And just before hitting the bed, having a relaxation routine, so doing things that you enjoy to actually slow down. Because we know nowadays everything is uh, aimed at productivity. We are trying to do more and more and more and we are asking the impossible to our brain, which is shutting down instantly. We need a little buffer zone of relaxation before sinking into sleep. So having a routine, reading, staying away from the screen uh, would be uh, a phenomenal start to actually take <laughs> care of your sleep. So we, we hear these uh, tips mentioned often. Why is it that we don't follow through? Well, you know, sometimes when something seems too easy or obvious, <laughs> we're looking for something complicated. And that's what human beings tend to do. We are world champion at what? At making simple things complicated. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? What about, you know, and I know some people might turn to... Um, I don't know, something, warm milk, uh, a glass of wine, maybe a, a, a gummy, something like that, whatever it is. Does, does any of that stuff work? Well, definitely the wine will put you to sleep, but I can promise you it will fragment the second half of your sleep. So this is not a good strategy to increase your sleep efficiency or sleep quality. Uh, warm milk, allegedly it can help you go to sleep. So if it does the trick, it has no uh, detrimental consequences. So I would mm. encourage everyone that wants to use that strategy to keep good doing it. As for the gummies, again, these uh, are mostly melatonin. Uh, most people probably use too much and in inadequately. So I would say have a discussion with your physician if you want to engage with melatonin. And as I said, Sleep is something that is supposed to happen to us rather easily. Mm -hmm. We complicated things and we all we get overwhelmed with too much information. When something goes wrong, just bring it back to basis. What can relax you just before hitting the bed? So you may not have a sleep problem, but a relaxation issue. What do, what do you use? You're the expert. Uh, so what do I use? So I have a couple of tools. So some night it's a book, a good old-fashioned paper book. Uh, Sometimes it's a podcast, audio book when I don't feel like reading. Uh, I also have a little yoga mat that I mm. do some stretching on. As I said, as you can hear me talk and uh, disclose my tools, they're not very fancy. They're not complicated. There are <laughs> things that I do just to slow down my mind, slow down my train of thought. And when I feel uh, I'm hitting my sweet spot where I, I'm relaxed, everything seems going to go slower, then I go and hop in bed. And I especially stay away from social media and I will not tweet about my sleep problem. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you're not, not just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I know sometimes, you know, music uh, helps for some people as well. What about um, exercise? Um, I'd be curious to know about how exercise impacts sleep. Exercise would be one of the best investments you could do for your sleep. In fact, being active throughout the day will help you get the sunlight exposure you need and require to maintain your energy and also anchor your sleep time. So the only thing I would say about physical activity is just don't do it too close to bedtime. Keep a good two-hour buffer zone before hitting the bed. So if you aim at going to bed at 11-ish, 
please do not train or go for a late night jogging at a bit after nine o'clock. Dr. Charade, TV in the bedroom, yes or no? Big hard no. Television should be in the living room. Bedroom is for sleeping and sleeping only. Well, you know, sleeping and stuff. But yeah, I get what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> the no TV part, and I'll agree with you on, on, on that one. What is the difference between, you know, just not being able to sleep for maybe a couple nights and, and insomnia? Is, you know, is, 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 not, is having trouble sleeping for a couple days the same as insomnia? Absolutely not. So everyone will go through a little spout of uh, sleep difficulties. And that is just normal. So having seven good nights out of seven is nearly impossible. Mm. The idea is to keep one poor night or one suboptimal night at one and avoiding that spiral of one, two, three, and four poor nights. Someone who has insomnia will have inevitably daytime consequences. That's what makes the difference between insomnia and these little poor nights. If you have one poor night, you will be able to go through your day the next day. However, if you have insomnia, you will have daytime consequences. So that's what makes a difference. Boy, oh boy, I could talk you. For, I could talk to you for the full hour on, on this one, uh, Dr. Charay, because I know it's uh, it's something that uh, I struggle with and have for many, many years. And I know a lot of my listeners are dealing with it as well. But um, it sounds like, and especially I think over the past couple of years, stress from the pandemic, worrying about jobs, finances, all of that sort of stuff. That's really the big thing. And so, if we can also find a way to deal with those stress issues, whether it's finances, whether it's work whether it's your kids but dealing with that as well that could go a long way oh it would go the extra mile i would say so focusing on relaxation and you know what focusing on physical activity sitting is the new smoking nowadays Mm. so being active and getting out there outdoor just for a, a 30 minute walk i'm not talking about doing any crossfit or running up the hill just being outside fresh air walking moving will do the trick or at least help you increase your sleep. Uh, Dr. Sheree, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Oh, thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Talking about sleep is very important. So anytime. Let's do it again sometime soon. Thank you for this. Take care. All right, take care. Dr. Jonathan Sheree, who is the Director of Athlete Services with the Center for Sleep and Human um, uh, Performance, uh, joining us this afternoon.